Welcome back to the In The Lead Show. My name is Jennifer Sang, and this is episode number 18. And today I want to talk about managing through change. Now, change is inevitable. It's constant. It's all around us. And for many of us, it's really, really difficult to not only manage ourselves, but manage teams, manage organizations, manage our families through change that happens in our everyday lives. So today I want to do a little bit of a double click on how to manage through change effectively. And I'm using this topic for the podcast today based on a topic we used actually on our leaders chat conversation that is hosted every Wednesday at five o'clock Pacific over on Twitter. We talked about, we're going to talk about how to manage through change. And I, I think it's a great topic for, for anybody to really explore and reflect on, you know, as we have gone through the pandemic and a lot of other changes over the last couple of years and continue to go through them. It's a really, really important skill for leaders and just everyday people to be able to develop to be a little bit more resilient and feel more comfortable in change versus resisting or avoiding change. So I personally really love this topic, something that I'm actually really passionate about um, in my corporate role. You know, something that I talk to leaders about a lot is, you know, how do we manage change effectively, especially when we're impacting large groups of people? Organizational changes shouldn't just be, I always say it shouldn't be like a gender reveal party where it's like this big surprise and there's all this anticipation. And then we just kind of like surprise people and then expect them the very next day just to kind of move with it. Um, that's not really how things happen. And there's a lot of people, especially like myself, who it takes time to process. Like I need the time and the space to really process any kind of change, even if it's a small change. Um, so especially for highly sensitive people, it's really, really important that you give them the time, the space, and the opportunity to really understand and process what the change means for them and how that's going to impact them going forward. Before I get started on the topic today, I wanted to remind you that if you have been listening to the show or if you're a new listener to the show, welcome. Thank you so much for finding your way here. Um, you can check out the podcast on all of your favorite platforms, wherever you stream it from, or I recently launched a website where it's all in one place. So if you go to intheleadshow.com, and I'll be sure to link that in the show notes, you can find everything you, you want about the show. You can find all the episodes. You can learn a little bit more about me. We can connect. So if you're liking what you hear, I would appreciate it if you gave it a follow, subscribe, comment reach out to me. Let me know what you're thinking, how, how you like it. Um, or if you want to be a guest on the show, um, there's a, a space on the website where you can fill out a form to become a guest on the show. I would love to, to have you on. Um, and yeah, I'm looking to grow and get different uh, types of guests for the show. And I have a lot of things kind of brewing um, behind the scenes for 2022. It's really hard to say that, by the way. Is anybody else like totally tripping out that we're almost to 2022? It feels to me at least like the last couple of years have just been 
a complete blur. I don't, it feels like time was just like sucked out of a, like into a vacuum and like never to be seen or heard from again. Um, especially as we start moving more closely towards kind of ending the pandemic and getting back to more normal. Um, it's just, it's just really trippy to me that it's almost December of 2021 and we're going to be in a new year here pretty soon. So anyway, if you want to connect with me, you want to follow the show, you want to listen to some episodes, make sure you check out intheleadshow.com. So let's start by talking about what is change. And I'd be curious for you to reflect on what does change mean to you? Because I think we all define change a little bit differently and we all experience change a little bit differently. Um, Speaking for myself, like I look at change as anything that nudges you a little bit and throws you off center. So you're not feeling balanced. You're feeling maybe a little bit unsure. You might be excited. I feel like there's a whole spectrum of emotions that you can feel. And at any moment, you could actually be anywhere on that spectrum. I know for me, I go through a lot of excitement and I like the opportunity and the possibilities that come along with change. But there are times too, where I feel like I'm nervous. I'm apprehensive. I'm worried. I'm anxious. I don't know what to expect. So I think it's a pretty broad spectrum of emotions. Um, But I'm curious, what does change mean to you? And how do you typically handle change? Um, As we get started in this podcast today, I wanted to read through the questions that we had from the leaders chat um, session that we're holding this week. Uh, This is November 3rd, the week of November 3rd on Twitter. And we have a list of questions that we typically run through. And one of the first questions is, how do you define change? Um, And like I said, for me, again, it feels like anytime life kind of nudges you, whether it's a big nudge, maybe small little nudges, but anytime that we're kind of just not in the flow and we have to kind of take a moment and really reflect and pause and understand what that's going to mean for us going forward. So I always look at it as anything that kind of throws you off center. Um, A lot of people usually think of changes like big things like new jobs, you get married, you get divorced, um, organizational changes, things like that. But I think there's changes happening all around us constantly. And how do we kind of pay attention to that and notice how we're interacting with that change and how that change is impacting us? I think that's one of the keys for me is how do you build resilience around change is really understanding yourself and how you interact and um, deal with change on an ongoing basis. So it's not always, I always tell people, don't always just look at the big stuff. The big stuff are great times to really implement practices that you can develop with the small things. So always looking for those little opportunities day to day to go, hey, that's changing on me. Even things as simple as like, did somebody change a meeting? You'd be surprised. Like I've had people get really angry. Like, you change a meeting on someone unexpectedly, maybe you change it an hour later. Um, Some people have really strong reactions to that. Um, So there's always opportunities, right, for us to kind of look at all the tiny little instances throughout the day that are presenting opportunities for us to really embrace change and take a deeper look at ourselves. The next question is, going through change 
you know, we always learn something unique. So what have you learned basically through um, the changes that you've been through? And I love this question because I always learn something about myself. And the, the, the key learnings that I think I have learned is one, I experience the spectrum of change. I am usually one of the first people like leading the charge in any kind of like organizational change or any kind of new area, new territory. I'm very much like a pioneer. I love going out and kind of being vulnerable in that way and doing new things. But I also know that there are parts of me that also have a lot of apprehension and can have anxiety, can feel worried if I don't have a really clear picture. So another thing with defining change is I think helping people understand the why and helping people really get why this change is happening, especially in organizational changes, and then helping them connect to that why. So this is why it's important to you and this is how it's going to impact you. Now what, you know, what are the things that you can, you know, pivot or augment to really embrace that change. So I think just really paying attention for me, anytime there's any kind of change presented to me in my life, it's always an opportunity for me to kind of reflect and go internal and start really understanding what's coming up because it can sometimes activate things in you that you didn't know were there or feelings that might, you know, manifest based on, you know, either previous traumas or maybe just things that you're going through in, in your current situation that just might bring things to the surface. So I think it's always a great opportunity to really understand yourself better. But from an organizational standpoint, and if we're talking to like, you know, people in leadership positions, the best thing that you can do is communicate, communicate, communicate. You can't do enough communicating. Um, I think that a lot of times, again, in organizations, at least I've seen from my experience is that we tend to just kind of lay it out there and then expect people just to kind of get over it and move on. Um, we really need to communicate again that why and then give people that space to really actually grieve the, in a way, a loss of this, you know, their old way of doing something or their old role or the old way the organization used to operate. It might sound kind of silly, but people really do need that space to grieve. So I think I've learned that that space is really, really key. And when you're going through change, if you're leading an organization, make sure you give people that space. So the next question is, what are the benefits of having a strategy to manage through change? Well, I think you definitely need a strategy to manage the change. Um, without it, you know, you're just kind of flying blindly and you could make these mistakes where we're just going to send out an email or we're just going to have an all hands meeting and announce this change and then move on. You're not giving people, again, that time to process and you're not getting giving people the space to really help them move through that change. And you want people to move through it, but you also want them to move with it. And if you don't have a strategy in place and you don't have a clear understanding of how you're going to communicate this change, how you're going to define the why, and then post you know, communication, how are you going to enable each one of those managers, each one of those people in your organization to help people get through that last kind of space of change where people are feeling really reluctant or people are feeling maybe unseen or maybe anxious. You have to be able to have those conversations with people. So without a strategy, you can't 
really, you know, do that effectively in my opinion. So have a strategy about what are the different layers of communication you're going to do? What are the different layers of touch points you want to have in the organization? Or let's say you're, um, you know, a mother or a father of a family and there's going to be a major change, have a strategy or have a thought in your head about how am I going to approach this tough conversation with my kids or with my family? But without that thought process, it leaves a lot of opportunity for us to make mistakes, maybe not communicate clearly, maybe not have um, the opportunity to give the people the space that they need to really understand and really kind of process what this change means to them. So the next question is, how do you manage through change? Um, And then share some recommendations that you have. Um, You know, I've kind of been answering this in the previous questions, but I think one of the keys is having a really good communication strategy. So again, going back to the why, why is this change important and how is it going to impact individual people and what does that mean for them? So the why, the how, the what, you need to get very, very clear on that. And then you need to make sure, I mean, again, we're having, especially in organizations, I mean, this is what keeps popping into my mind is we usually have like a really big, like all hands meeting and we'll announce a change and then we'll expect the managers to go off and then have conversations with their teams. But I don't know if we equip people enough. So one of the things that I do is that I recommend people have a consistent um, communication strategy. So you'll have slides with consistent messaging that you hand out to everyone who's going to be a touch point in that organization going out. And they're saying the same things. They're communicating the, the same kind of why behind the change. They're they're doing all of the same things because the last thing you want to happen, especially in a really big organization or even a, like, let's say a large family, you don't want people getting different messages. You don't want people having different experiences. You want to try and replicate that so that everyone has the same experience and everyone has the same message so that then they can all move forward together. Um, cause that's the biggest part, right? Is there's people at different points, um, in the change curve throughout kind of this process. So how can we get people through it, you know, in a way that leaves them whole, leaves them resourceful and leaves them feeling capable and empowered. Like I know my position here and I know what exactly what I need to do. And I know why I'm doing that. And I know how I'm going to be supported through that. So making sure that everybody across the organization or even across families, you have a small business, everyone has the same message and everybody knows exactly what the next steps are and how they're going to make an impact. I think it's really, really key. Again, I mean, I've seen change done in so many different ways and organizations, and I've actually worked with some really great change leaders over the years who manage this really, really well. And to maybe an outsider's perspective, you might think like, wow, that's kind of overkill. But in the end, I think that's what really helps get people through that process is understanding it, having the same message, having that consistency, and again, having that space to really grieve and understand and process what what's going on and how that's going to impact them. The next question is, when we're managing change, what are some of the common mistakes? <laughs> and I've seen this a lot. Um, and, you know, I, I get it too, right? Like, in a, especially in tech, like I work in a large high-tech company, like we move fast, right? And I know everything is always speed and efficient and we got to, you know, make sure we're, you know, transforming and able to kind of evolve and really, um, 
you know, make really great strides really quickly. Um, and it can feel almost like a roller coaster because it's like you're hit with so much change. Over time, you become dizzied, you become like ambivalent, you become like detached from the whole process because you just are so numb to all of the change. So I think one of the biggest mistakes is I don't know if we're really thoughtful about how change affects people. I think we look at change from an organizational or a business standpoint, and certain things might make sense. So we make those changes based on what makes sense for the business, but the people are running the business. So how is this change impacting them? Um, I don't think, you know, we put a lot of thought into that. I think we think like, okay, well, we'll have a meeting. We'll tell everybody about the change. We'll have the managers, you know, talk to their people and make sure everybody's okay. And then, okay, we're done. Uh, You know, I think the biggest mistake that we make is that, again, we don't give people the space. We don't allow them to process and we don't have ongoing conversations. We might have like one conversation and then be done. Um, People, especially like myself, we need that communication. We need that conversation because I'm constantly processing through all of these changes. And again, how's that going to impact me? What is expected of me? What do these changes mean? Um, Don't make the assumption that everybody is moving through this at the same rate. And don't assume that just because you say something one time, that then that kind of checks the box, right? Like, okay, I had my conversation and I'm done. The change is over. The change is constantly evolving. The change is, you know, constantly there. It, it for me, it's about having that ongoing dialogue and making sure you're checking in with people, make sure you're providing them the support that they need, and not expecting them just to flip on the switch, of the, you know, the light switch, and just shift into a new gear. People need that time, and I think that is the most common mistake that I see: is that we're not doing a good enough job of communicating effectively, but also giving people that space. So this question was actually, I like this question because it says, how does leaders chat, the conversation that we have on Twitter every week, how can that help you in managing through change? And for me, as I was reading over these questions before we have the Twitter chat this week, um, I was thinking about it and I I always love the conversations that happen on Twitter in this chat because people from all kinds of industries and at all different levels and positions, you know, a broad spectrum of people in their careers have so much, you know, insightful things to offer. And what helps me manage through change is that reminder is what I assume is going to be said on the, the Twitter chat is a lot of the things I've been talking about is how to communicate, defining the why, giving people space, um, communicating almost too, you know, overly communicating so that people really get it. So how, how it helps me manage through the changes. I like to kind of hear different perspectives and hear people and their thoughts on, you know, how they kind of handle their leadership roles and what their perspectives on how change affects them. So it's always really insightful conversation and I really look forward to it this week. So one of the last questions is actually a quote and it says, I cannot say whether things will get better if we change, but I can say is they must change if they are to get better. Um, and it said, discuss this with an example from your leadership journey. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't think there's any certainty, right? And I think that's the biggest, um, 
issue for people as far as like how they process change is like, I think we're all just wired to want that certainty and that control. And when, when it's, when we perceive that we don't have that, I think it kind of activates all kinds of things in us. And if you have listened to previous podcasts, we talked about internal parts. We've talked about positive intelligence and how some of those parts of us can get activated when we feel like we want to protect. If there's something vulnerable or if we have trauma or if we have a really bad experience, these things get activated because they're there to really kind of help us kind of navigate through this difficult situation. So, you know, we may not, you know, perceive things as getting better, but things are constantly changing. And sometimes when they change, things stay the same. They might even not, you know, be better for a while, but I think eventually they do get better. And what that means for me is that I always use change as an opportunity to better myself. So whenever I'm going through these changes, it's always an opportunity for me to pause and really reflect what's coming up for me. How am I reacting? What are the the feelings and the thoughts and the emotions that are coming up for me? And how does this help me in my leadership journey is I feel like all great leaders need to have that ability to really understand, govern, manage themselves in a way that leaves you, first of all, whole, right? It's not about attacking yourself or, you know, allowing that really critical part of yourself to come up, but understanding it all and letting it really kind of move through you. And that's what I mean by processing is when something hits me and it's a really big event or it's a big shift or it's a change, I really need to sit with it for a while. And I need to just kind of let the feelings kind of come up. I need to really work with them, just kind of sit with them. And then eventually it kind of moves through me. So I I need that space to do that. Um, So I think it makes us better leaders if we have the opportunity to have that self-awareness, to be able to say, okay, change is always happening. It may not make things better, but I think I can make myself better by how I relate to this change and how it's presenting me with an opportunity to have a deeper understanding of myself. And really for me, I think that's what it's all about. Um, When I think about leadership and I I look at leadership almost in the self-leadership kind of through that lens is like, how can we, not focusing on how can we manage people or how can we, you know, manage a business and think of these very more ego kind of external factors, but how can I manage myself? How can I cultivate compassion? How can I cultivate trust? How can I cultivate understanding of myself and really doing the work that is needed to heal ourselves so that we can start to heal others, so we can extend that out, so we can bring that calming force. I will say that I've worked with a leader in the past who was phenomenal at this. He was very introspective. He was reflecting a lot. He was very curious about himself and he was a, a great leader. And he would often ask these questions of himself and have this process of where he would really kind of think through these things. And he had this ability to be this calming, stabilizing force that even through the roughest, choppiest changes that would have, you know, probably caused some people to just lose their minds. He was the calmest sailor. If you were thinking back to last week's podcast when we were talking about the sailor and how you have to adjust the sails, he was fantastic at this. And I think it was attributed to his 
practice of self-awareness and really being that thoughtful leader who really understood himself and kind of did his own internal work so that he wasn't coming to the table and really placing his burden on other people or reacting and lashing out at people or causing more stress. He would bring this stabilizing force that just, it, it would just calm you. Even if you were in the roughest waters, it would almost be like you were in this massive ship that was just protected and you would just be floating there. And you just felt like, wow, I'm going through this major change and I feel really good about it because I feel calm. Um, so I think that is something from my journey that I always reflect on. Um, is that I think we all, or anybody in a leadership position has the opportunity to really do the internal work first to really make change possible for their teams. So I hope you enjoyed the show today. If you want to reach out to me, let me know how have you managed change? Um, how has change impacted you? What have you experienced as being great opportunities for you to really kind of reflect and develop more of that self-awareness muscle to help yourself move through change? I would love to hear about it. Um, you, again, you can catch the show on all of your favorite platforms, or you can go to my website, intheleadshow.com. You can also reach out to me through my coaching website, coachwithinsight.com. If you enjoyed the conversation, reach out to me. Um, let's have a chat. I can set up an exploratory call for us to talk about this. I know change is something that we're all kind of experiencing and moving with, especially these days. Um, I'd love to hear from, from the audience and I hope you have a great rest of your week and I'll see you next week. Bye.